I'm Jessica Veldstra. And I'm Denise Thompson. And today we are going to talk about responsible pet ownership. Yes. And Denise picked out this topic, so I did absolutely no research. No, liar. You did. (laughs) We were eating dinner together and she was Googling things. (laughs) Frantically, because I've had a crazy busy week. So Uh, She's a liar. Don't listen to her. So, how long have you been a pet owner? I have been a pet owner. Like, what, me? My, you know, or like when I was a kid. What is your history of pet ownership? Oh, we always start out with our history. I know. My it's history fine. of pet ownership. <laughs> so, um, I was born, and then I think it was like a year later, my parents got a dog. And she pa- didn't pass away until I was 16, oh, so wow. we had a dog. And then I had multiple wild animal <laughs> wild animals like fall into my lap. Well, just one actually. One wild animal that my brother's cat. I caught it with a little baby bunny and we oh. nursed the baby bunny back to health and then released the bunny into the wild. And then of course I think I was nine, so I was like, I need a bunny. <laughs> I want a bunny and my parents bought me a lop eared Holland oh. lop eared bunny. And then I was the dork that did four H. With a bunny. With a bunny. Know. I was in 4-H where all the other kids made fun of me <laughs> for having a bunny because, you they know. They all had cows and Yeah, like big pigs. Though and... you, you get made fun of for the bunnies. Oh, sorry. Well, but lop-ear bunnies. How he cute. He was cute. His mm. name was Apricot. Oh. <laughs> and then he died. Oh. Um, I don't know how, but I was on vacation and my parents got the phone call and I was devastated. Mm-hmm. And then I got my next dog when I was 17. Mm-hmm. And I went to the pound, which, you know, is always smart when you're a 17-year-old and you can't support yourself. <laughs> and you have a boyfriend who's course, 19. That is a perfect time to get a, a to get a pet animal uh-huh. that you need to support. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. When so, you're eating ramen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I wasn't. I was eating my parents' food at that point. <laughs> Patrick was eating ramen. But Patrick had an apartment. We had been dating. We decided it would be a really good idea to get a puppy. I really don't remember this conversation or the coherent decision that I feel like I needed to make. Were you engaged at that point or just dating? I think we were engaged. I was just thinking that would be even more crazy to get a dog with somebody you were dating. But okay. (laughs) I don't even remember. I just went into the pound and I was like, oh, look, how cute. And I got a dog that was totally not suited for me. And she had a totally different personality than I wanted. So she uh, she was a great dog. I mean, she was a half golden, half Australian Shepherd, so massively smart. And I think at 17, what the last thing I needed was a really smart puppy. <laughs> and no training skills whatsoever that I that I did. And then two years later, I got another dog. And six months after that, I got another dog. Oh! <laughs> yes. So you had three dogs at 19? 19, yes. <laughs> Lots of smart decisions. <laughs> Lots of prefrontal lobe <laughs> connection decisions. Yeah, no, I was, I, I look back at that and I'm like, oh my gosh, it hurts my brain to think about that. And yeah, so two of them were pound puppies and one was a gift from my grandfather. He yeah. raised beagles on the East Coast. So I went back and picked one out, and then my dad brought him up to Alaska for me. And that was my little, my experience with a purebred mm-hmm. and my only one to this date. And then now I just have one dog because that's all I can handle. 
He's a and, handful. And he was a pound puppy, too. Oh, yeah. Yes. I believe in pound puppies yeah. completely. I believe in and he was adopting. also a black dog, which gets adopted at the a lower rate. So yes. You, mm. yeah. Yes. So we went to pick out Bryant is his name. My first dog was Haley. She was beautiful, red, stubborn, bitchy. Fuzzy. Bitchy. Yeah, she, well, she was, she was terrifying. Very, I was very in, afraid of her. <laughs> very independent. And then there was Gloria, who I look back at now and feel like she probably needed to be homed with, like, an old woman where she was the only dog. Instead, I brought her home and... Haley just beat her up all the time. And then Honeycut was the my beagle, and I was watching a lot of MASH and Winnie the Pooh at the time while I was cleaning the house. So that's how he received his name. And, yes, yeah, so Bryant now, we went to pick out a dog. And at this point, we had we were in our 30s. We had sat down and talked about what we wanted in an animal. We knew what we didn't want. We knew what to look for since we had these three other dogs that had so many vast different personalities. We knew what would work for us. We went in. His sister was beautiful, gorgeous dog. We pulled her. I don't know if you guys can hear that. That dog, dog is running, running up by. and down the hall. <laughs> um, but his sister was gorgeous. So pretty white, blue eyes. I mean, obviously some husky in her and. The pound said, oh, everyone is coming and looking at that dog. And I was so excited to pull her out of the pen and play with her. And I knew within a second that was not my dog. I was just like, nope. No, she was exactly like our first dog. <laughs> Beautiful, but bitchy. <laughs> so anyways, we ended up settling on Bryant. And I really had to do some talking Patrick into it, actually. Yeah. Because he was a black dog. So... It was a weird thing that Patrick had never thought about, but he was not. He didn't feel that black dogs were as cute. Mm -hmm. Which I think and, has been disproved by Brian's Instagram. Uh, yeah, my dog has an Instagram because oh he's gosh. that cute. He's that cute. Yeah, he's ridiculous. Mm. So it's uh, Bryant Does Life. <laughs> That's his Instagram handle. You can follow handle. him on Instagram. You can follow him on Instagram. <laughs> Bryant Does Life. And he does it well. He's a lot of relaxing. He's a, he's a sweet little guy. So anyways, our... So our, dog, our animal right now is a dog. I actually have had multiple other animals fall in there. Yeah. You had our some house animals that kind you absolutely full. didn't want, not want at one point? I just went over the animals that, like, I wanted or that were in my, like, <laughs> And my you dog. made a decision about? Yeah, <laughs> except for the, my first one that I had a dog and then right. my parents let me get the bunny. Um, the dog was more of our family dog. Oh. Uh, anyways, yeah. So I did have a few animals that I, I didn't... I didn't um, consent to these animals. <laughs> and consent is very important. <laughs> when it comes to animals, yes. Yes. And so my belief is you take care of animals, and when something's put in your charge, you take as best care of it as you can. Mm -hmm. And I ended up with two little mice. <laughs> and I can tell you guys right now, I don't know if this is a good thing to be putting out on the interweb, mm -hmm. but... I am terrified of mice. <laughs> and that was part part of the joke. It was an April Fool's joke. Someone got me two mice. They're little baby, tiny Little baby, baby mice. mice. And they were supposed to be two girls. You know, of course, that never works out. <laughs> <laughs> so then I had to buy two cages. Because, yes, I am keeping these mice now. Mm -hmm. uh, I have mice running around my house in little balls. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm burying mice with little headstones when they die. <laughs> I'm bringing mice to the vet. Yep. So, yeah, I ended up spending a lot on those 
free little mice. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that was a good joke or not. <laughs> uh, that's so okay. what you, you got her back? I did get her back. <laughs> I hired a stripper, aka my cousin. <laughs> To strip for her. (laughs) And I locked her in a room with him. (laughs) I feel like it was really justified when she gave Gave me two mice to take care of. Um, She thought it was pretty funny, though. Yes. She thought it was very funny. And they were very cute little mice. And they will be the first and last mice that I will ever own in my entire life. Um, Yeah, I'm not a huge rodent person. But, you know. I, I loved them. They were great. I don't know. I I babys- I was nannying a few girls right before I got married. Um, and they had two rats and they would give their rats baths every day. Oh. And it was really upsetting for me. <laughs> like there is a there is a saying, a drowned rat, and it's not like a compliment for a reason. Like the oh bathtub full of rats oh. every day and I'd have to like talk and be normal and like be the adult in a situation and I just wanted to run out of that house. So anyways, that's the long short story of my pets. <laughs> Although I feel like I've been exposed to a lot more pets because yeah. people around me have had more like growing up my brother had a a cat, but it wasn't allowed like in the house. It was an outside cat and then it would go in our garage. I am a different pet owner than my parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was not raised to be the person that I am now with mm-hmm. pets. My parents come and visit. My dad always wears sandals in my house because I have dog hair. Like, he wears flip-flops. He doesn't really want to get dog hair on him. He doesn't really touch the dogs. My mom doesn't really touch. We, uh, you guys have a cat, so I'll just bring that up. But they don't really touch the animals. (laughs) But he will play ball with them because he kicks the ball, but he won't. There's no interaction, really. (laughs) I mean, I was not raised by animal people by any means. Like, not even close. What changed your mind? What changed my mind? Mm-hmm. Well, Haley, our first dog was really cute mm-hmm. and fluffy, right? <laughs> <laughs> it was probably Patrick. He had a different upbringing. His parents had a different view on... Well, he had a different view on animals, and I think his family was a little bit more animal-oriented. Mm-hmm. Orientated? Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, it's so right. Anyways, no, yeah, so I probably, Patrick, I mean, just, or I grew into it. Mm-hmm. I was opinionated, and what about you? What's your history? Uh, well, when I grew up, I grew up actually on, like, a small farm, I guess it would be called. We had ducks, chickens, uh, goat, we, at one point we had a cow for 4-H, or maybe it was Future Farmers of America, my brother had a cow, I'm not sure which, and we had pigs. So animals to us were like kind of like farm animals, you know, they weren't pets necessarily, but fireweed, the goat, was kind of like a pet to me. I loved that goat. And then one day we came home and fireweed had gotten butchered and was getting going to get given to missionaries to eat. How'd you find out? Would they just tell you fireweed got butchered? There was no like I guess softening the I blow don't, or anything? I like I think that they just figured that I wouldn't really know. I think that my older siblings... You're not going to notice a goat? I don't know what they were gone. thinking. <laughs> I 
don't know. But my older siblings, Every I day guess, I come I home guess to the, feed the fire missionaries <laughs> came to butcher the goat, and they were supposed to be done before school was over, and then my older siblings came home, and the goat was, like, not done being butchered, and it was very traumatic. I don't necessarily remember it, but except for, like, getting told a story and being coming home, and, like, there's no goat. And that was fire read. So, so did fire read? I mean, does fire read technically count I as a pet, or were they raising it for meat? They were, no, they weren't raising it for meat. She was a milk goat, so that's Ooh, why. So we, she was tasty too. Yeah, I'm. That's why I think it was given away. We wouldn't have eaten it, but I think that she was getting old. Okay, which I'm sure she wasn't. She was really probably not good. <laughs> so I'm confused. Were these people starving? <laughs> they may have been. They had a lot of kids. <laughs> We, I mean, we live in Alaska where you can get a big moose, and instead, you know, the I kids know. you go to school with weird. are chomping away on your pet goat. Well, I didn't go to school with them. They were homeschooled. Oh. And so was I, so there's that. <laughs> oh, but you said you got home from school. That's why I, I don't, was I don't you know. were in school. No, I, was, I wasn't in school. I was too young. Um, but the older kids got home from oh. school. But, um, yeah, I, I was too young to be in school. But when Fire Reed was a, high gosh, I would have probably been only four-ish. Don't name your, your yeah. Animals don't name my animals them. if you're going to eat them. That's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but but none of those were probably really pets. Then we had some stray cats that were around that were mousers that we named, and then we had finally when I think it was probably eight, nine, or ten ish. We um, mom got a dog Pepper um, that was a pet, and it was to protect the garden from moose. It was a little um, Australian Shepherd Blue Healer. And she just loved to herd things and also herd us and nip at our heels. And she barked and barked and barked. And that was exactly what we wanted until my parents got a bed and breakfast. And then she barked way too much for that. But, you know, we she was an outside dog in the spring, summer, and fall. And an inside dog in the winter because of Alaska. And then my parents kept her until she died. So it was probably, a, I think she probably lived about 14, 15 years. I think I was in college when she died. Um, and then I never had a dog after that. Cause I mean, like it, like my parents weren't really affectionate toward animals either. It was more a utilitarian type of thing. Then I didn't get, I, Mike got me some turtles. Um, I thought you got them for the, maybe if we got the, the, for the, the kids. Broids. Yeah. It was like some red slider turtles. We had those for, for years. They were a free gift and we ended up bringing one of them to the vet too because it had a weird shell <laughs> thing going on and then finally uh my first year as a child protection worker i ended up holding a baby who had been shaken and who was severely disabled because his parents had shaken him for about an hour and i was pretty this was the first year and so you're, you held him for an hour i held him for an hour yeah okay and because it, we were waiting for the foster parents, and that was pretty, it affected me quite deeply, and I came home, and I was just a mess, and I told my husband that I think I was either going to bring home a, a baby or a puppy, and I was driven immediately to the pound. <laughs> <laughs> so so then we went and saw a bunch of puppies from Tyonic, which is a little village across the bay from us, and the village had been closed off from any kind of outside access for years. So there was just packs of puppies running around and, and wild dogs so that nobody could go from place to place walking as a tiny little village. So um, the Kenai Pound had been gathering up all these puppies and adopting them here. 
So I got the sneaky little puppy that was just quiet and watched watched me and figured out the best way to get that treat. And now I mean, she, there was thirty puppies. Yeah, puppies like just like kennel, all trying probably. to get to me, and she was like just like just watching and watching and watching and trying to figure out how to get to the front. And she was a pretty smart little thing. And so I got her, and she still watches me. And if I have a bad day, she's my my therapy dog. She's she's in tune to everything. She's I, gonna I have do. her own seat on the plane. <laughs> probably not. I probably can't get a doctor's note and that's what's required now because people keep on getting bit <laughs> or they're bringing their stinking peacocks yeah. on the plane <laughs> yeah so i guess they can't have anything with hoofs or fangs anymore unless it's um they make exceptions for miniature ponies trained miniature ponies i was gonna say those things are pretty cute yeah they are so one of the things i think we feel strongly about is the number one thing with having an animal is you take care of it for life. Once you get it, you take care of it. So when did that change for you? Um, or do you think it was always, did, was that always in your I mean, brain? like, my parents kept their, their, I, like, we never gave anything away as, that I can remember. We didn't either, but, yeah. I mean, my biggest pet peeve is getting on Facebook or getting on pet sites or mm-hmm. anything and seeing constantly just post after post after post. I don't have the time. I don't have the time. I don't have the time. Mm. I'm rehoming. I'm rehoming. I'm rehoming. I don't have the time. I don't have the time. And I'm just like, are you kidding me? (laughs) It drives me insane. I hate it. And all I want to do is like attack those people. But then at the same time, I'm like, well, obviously they're really shitty owners. So Mm. maybe they shouldn't have the, like, they shouldn't have a pet. Maybe they should, you know, have the the pet to somebody who has the time and who isn't going to rehome. But that's not what ends up happening. What ends up happening <laughs> is that the dogs end up going back to the pound, mm. and then you've got a euthanasia right. issue like the United States has. Yeah, so the little bit of research I did do, about 60, 6.5 million um, dogs and cats, all animals basically, but it's almost half and half dogs and cats, enter shelters every year. 1.5 million are euthanized out of that. But the good news is, is it's a huge decline since 2011. Huge. Yeah. Could it be that there's public shaming now? <laughs> yeah, I think so. And like the things like things, just simple hashtags like adopt, don't shop, like Sarah McLaughlin, pour, tear out your heart. Uh. <laughs> I'm so mad that they used that song because I oh liked her. Gosh, and now I can't listen to that song without thinking of puppies <laughs> in cages. And I don't like that. And I think California just banned puppy mills. I mean, you just basically, they only do adoption. So I think that is a huge push that is affecting the, the huge decline in euthanasia, which is super good. Yeah. That is good, but yeah, I mean, and it frustrates me. People have kids, and then they say, well, I'm having a baby. I'm going to get rid of my dog. I don't have time for it. I feel like there is an exception to rehoming your animal once you have children, is if you have a safety issue. Right. Yeah, for sure. Some dogs are perfectly fine with adults, and they are not okay with children, and some people don't find that out until until they, they have, have children. children and then if, if that's the case yes rehome and if you rehome and then like the other thing is sometimes people fall on economic hard circumstances where they have to move into an apartment yes. or have to move period although i don't know i mean i'm still gonna be judgy when someone says i have to move and i can't bring my animals with me 
I I'm like, I don't know. There's a lot of places that you if you if you lose your house and you go into foreclosure, but yes, and you go yes. into and you if you have to get into, I an feel apartment, like there's definitely places out there that are set up that can help you, like do fostering or figure out like housing for you. I feel like in Alaska, almost every and I was just looking at like rentals and things today, and almost mm-hmm. every single one except accepted pets. Wow. So, because like I for like deposit, I've oh yeah, I yeah. But again, you'd have to actually have money. But I feel like there's enough people out there if you ask and said, so, "I want to keep my dog," like mm-hmm. I don't want to. I mean, there mm-hmm. are. And the other one is older people moving into homes. Sometimes they have. They yes, and there's help out them out there for them too. Mm-hmm. Um, we I have a friend who actually has a dog in her house that is legally hers. Mm-hmm. She's been able to I mean she owns it but it doesn't really belong to her it's an older woman that's in a home and she brings the dog twice a week to visit the older woman and then she keeps her at home with her so that the older woman can can accomplish that I just Mm -hmm. feel like planning right it is a responsibility Mm -hmm. that you have with an animal also and then uh there's of course my situation with my it wasn't my dog it was my husband's dog but that was kind of a Funny little situation. The dog stayed where it was. We left. <laughs> well, and it stayed with people that, yeah, you know, you guys in the could home. go back and visit yeah. and stuff. It stayed in the home that it lived in, but we were just basically transient at that point. We were moving every couple months, and we sold the dog, this, the house to a, a couple that knew the dog and knew the knew us, and, and so the dog stayed with the house and the couple... Since we were moving so much, and we, yeah, we could visit at any time we wanted. No, I mean, that works out nice. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, so I'm a huge believer in keep your, you know, your animal is your responsibility until the end. But then there is exceptions to that rule, I would think. But at the same time, I feel like when you have the animal, it's part of your family. Mm -hmm. So this, I just don't have time anymore, Mm -hmm. six months after you get the dog, doesn't make sense to me. Mm -hmm. Because... You're not going to do that with your child or, well, well I mean, some people do, but the, I just don't, you're not going to advertise it on Facebook, I guess. Oh, no. <laughs> I just don't have time for my kid anymore. Yeah, just so demanding. Yeah. But I mean, I, I look at it as it's a commitment for the life of that animal. Right. Unless, extent, unless there's some like crazy circumstance and then you make sure that it is in a good home and yes. like with people you really trust. And hopefully people you know, too, because that's always, like, that's better, because then you know that they still have that animal. Mm -hmm. So pre-planning can solve a lot of these problems. If you're going to keep the animal for the life of the pet, some of the things that you need to look at is what the lifespan, expected lifespan of that animal is. What vet fees will probably run you if anything goes wrong. Mm -hmm. Like Bryant, when we first brought him home, he wasn't that expensive. (laughs) I think he was only like $120 or something, Mm $170. And that included like a coupon for part of his neuter. Mm -hmm. And he got his first shots. And he was just like the cutest little thing. And then three days later, our dog almost died. And we spent like $700 on a mutt that we got from the pound <laughs> because he got parvo, parvo. Mm-hmm. and he had to be overnight at the vet and then he was all good but i mean that was not something mm-hmm. that we had like even thought about doing and thank goodness we were able to do it right and then so so life of the pet have some money in savings for unexpected vet bills also what do you think about food mm, i think that 
you should feed your dog comparable to what you feed yourself. Mm. So, again, if you're living on ramen, maybe maybe it's okay to do <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but if you're dining on, like, all organic, maybe you feed the dog the same thing. Um, yeah. Just because, like, here's the thing. I know that not everybody has all the money, but you basically you should be able to... It's kind of like with your kids. If you're wearing the most expensive fashion... You know, I get that kids grow and all that, but maybe you don't dress your kid in, like, the lowest of the low rags Rags. if you're wearing super expensive fashion. And so if your, you know, dog is, if you're eating all organic, maybe your dog should eat, you know, the, you know pretty good food and healthy food. Yeah. yeah. I mean, those are things mm-hmm. that I've slowly changed the more. The older I've got, the more money I have in the bank, the better mm-hmm. my animals actually eat. Except because the, the better cat. I eat. The cat is stubborn, and she refuses to eat anything. She has switched <laughs> from friskies. She was on friskies. <laughs> that took forever. Well, we didn't talk about the cat and how she came into Oh, lives. yes, the cat. The cat's not mine. We keep, we keep talking about her. <laughs> She's mine now. <laughs> I should say, she's just mine. Uh, I've taken her. The cat, the cat. Emotionally. Not financially. <laughs> I take no responsibility for feeding this animal. <laughs> <laughs> or bringing her to the vet, but she's mine. <laughs> the the cat came to be because well, Cedric, our son, wanted a cat, and we could never have one because Patrick and I are really allergic to cats. And so one night, you guys were down at my I parents' house because yeah. they hadn't been in breakfast. We weren't there, so I had some friends coming down from Fairbanks, and they wanted to stay in Homer. And so I knew Jessica's parents had cabins at their bed and breakfast, so we rented a cabin, and we were checking in slash just visiting with Jessica's parents. And my friend said, "Oh, your cat wants in," <laughs> and your mother like jumped across the room. We don't have a cat. <laughs> And I look, and the cutest little cat has her paw on your parents. It, the door they had had, like, a circular window that kind of went down to the ground. So she could look in the window. And she had one paw looking very sad into the house. One paw up on the window. And it was the cutest little cat. And your mom was just like, nope, not our cat. We don't like that. That cat's a stray. It won't go away. Don't feed that cat. If I catch you feeding that cat, I'll be mad. And this was backed up by your father, who was like, don't feed the cat. We're going to be mad about the cat if it doesn't leave soon. Um, And so we ended up going out that night and coming back to our cabin. And she was, like, on on the porch, on, like, the little walkway to the cabin. And Patrick had had a few to drink. And although he's allergic to cats, is an animal lover Mm -hmm. all the way around. So he picks her up. And he is like twirling her around, like <laughs> I mean, I hate to say it, but it's it was almost like you know you see two people running in slow motion in a field and they grab each other and like twirl. He was doing this with the cat, and my friend and I were sitting in at the table, which we could look outside and watch him do this. And he's like making the cat wave at us. <laughs> he's the cat is the most chill cat ever, by the way. She completely is. Oh like, my goodness! Oh, so, super relaxed. So he's burying his face in this cat, <laughs> and I yell out at him that he's gonna have an like an allergic attack. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, "You're not making smart decisions right now. Come inside the house." And he comes in and gets the cat a plate of milk, <laughs> and he feeds the cat the milk. And I'm like 
I'm throwing out threats about your parents, like that your mom, well, mostly your mom. I was like trying to like, you know, Jessica's, I was like, Marsha's going to be really mad. She's going to come at you. She told us not to feed this cat. And he's like, oh, she's skinny and she needs food. And he was just all about this cat. Then he went to bed without washing his hands or his face. And I was like, you are going to regret this. (laughs) And he woke up and his face was fine. And he never even had itchy eyes. So it was very weird and not not normal at all. And the next morning we were having breakfast and I look out the window and your niece, who was probably uh, two at the Mm -hmm. time, was carrying the cat upside down, (laughs) down the driveway. Like the cat's hanging upside down Mm -hmm. and your niece is like swinging the cat (laughs) and it says a stray cat that doesn't have to hang around (laughs) so i was like this is such a cool cat and uh patrick and we were talking about patrick not having any reaction and oh your boys were off at camp at this point Mm -hmm. too right so we actually drove home and we were we were talking and i said wouldn't it be kind of cool if she was like hyperallergenic Mm -hmm. And we thought, well, we're not doing anything today. It was a really pretty day. Mm-hmm. So we thought, well, we'll just drive down to Jessica's parents and have lunch down there and just kind of hang out with the cat and see if there's any reaction. If there's any reaction. And, you know, she's so chill. We can totally catch her. And I think your mom called and was like, we got this cat in our laundry room. Come get it. <laughs> like somehow they had got the cat in the laundry room. We find out later how they got the cat. We, we delivered the cat with pizza. No, your parents, how they got the cat in their laundry room. Oh, I don't remember that part. They had the cat, and then we get there, and then they don't. And they say, we don't have the cat. Uh She wanted outside so much. (laughs) Oh, okay. And so we sat in the yard with our pizza, with our lunch, Uh and she just came out of the bushes, like, to hang with us. It's because, yeah, both my parents were feeding that cat uh, separately (laughs) and not telling each other, because that cat was awesome, and they... So that's how they got her in the laundry room. They were feeding her. She's probably done eating and, like, wanted out. And they're like, okay. So all their big talk about getting mad at us because don't yeah. feed the cat. We don't want the cat it's around our bed. Of B&B. Talk, yeah. yeah, they were secretly feeding Being her because she was amazing. So anyways, we stuck her in the truck and drove around for two hours mm-hmm. and did some, like, errand type things. And there was really not any sort of reaction. So right. we talked about it and we thought the kids are at camp for a week. It's a really good time. And we checked, they had checked with all the neighbors before that. Oh, they yes, yes. We're not just nobody, grabbing a cat. Nobody knew where this cat had come from. No. It had been stray for it several It had been weeks. months. I, I think, think your mom month. said yeah. a couple months yeah. at least, and they had gone to different neighbors, and none of the neighbors knew where Everybody she was. Everybody knew about the cat. Because, but no, yeah, yeah, but no one knew where she was mm-hmm. from. So we thought we'd give it a trial week, and here we are seven years later, and we have an adorable Cat. Cat, who, since she has come to us, has gained five pounds. <laughs> She's like a whole nother cat. Yeah. She was nine when we got her. And Everybody loves her. She is now 14 pounds. She's an American bobtail, which is a hypoallergenic black cat. Yeah. We, found out, we found out after. And she was spayed, mm-hmm. which was yeah. interesting. Um, she wasn't chipped, they check. Yeah, they check for chip, mm-hmm. everything. So, I mean, and it was... There goes another dog, (laughs) probably chasing the cat. Uh, And then, anyways, so your son got to have a cat. Mm -hmm. Yep. And he benefited from that quite a bit. He had his little kitten. A little bit. 
I'm with that cat and started, learned how to nurture something. <laughs> <laughs> he was a little boy who liked to crush flowers a lot and make us shocked. So, anyways, that is all of our pets and some of our thoughts on some ethical pet ownership. And there is a lot more. Oh my gosh, there's so, so we'll probably much, do another another episode next year. Don't get me started things. on like <laughs> putting your dog on a leash. Oh yeah, in a leash law area. Yes, please do that because other dogs may not be as friendly as your dog. Yes. Ugh. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So anyway, have we judged the heck out of that? Well, yeah, part of it. I mean, part I of it. Very judgy. Part of it, for sure. We'll come back to that. Yes. Like I'm sure. There's lots on this subject. And if you guys have any uh, questions or any ideas oh. about, like, ethical pet ownership, we might like to do them in our next episode. Mm-hmm. Email us. Feel free to email us at ethicalquandries.outlook.com. We're wading through the emails, let me tell you. <laughs> Oh, thick. <laughs> I really have to wear my hip waders. <laughs> so that brings us to our ethical product this week is Dog Crazy Designs. Yes, shout out to them. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they, one of their products is the Snagati. And I, you guys have one. We for do, Bryant. for Bryant. Yes, mm-hmm. he's like a princess in the pea with his bed. <laughs> his bed is better than my bed and actually, I think, cost more than my mattress. <laughs> and I was fine with that. I have an amazing little dog and I want him to have an amazing little life. And I don't have children, so I can put my money into a dog bed. Yeah, so the Snagati is a, a dog bed. like, And the design is for... They also make cat beds. Oh, cool. They do. Uh, nesting, um, so the top is like a nesting, and then the bottom is like a foam, and so it supports the dog's weight, but also has a nesting, and they're ethical because they are a local company. Yes, they are made in Kasiloff, Alaska. Mm-hmm. And they- Not Kasiloff, <laughs> but that's how it looks. Just say Kasiloff, and yes, people will Kasiloff. think that you're local. Um, you don't. They know you're not like from here. Like we butchered every single town name in New Zealand. Oh my gosh! And then oh, people yeah. would tell us how to say it, and everyone it sounded different. It, it did so sound weird. different. I don't feel like Alaskans do no. that, but I did feel like New Zealand did oh that my with gosh. us. Gosh, it was crazy. Um, but anyway, the uh, the feeling is from clean priest consumer waste, so it stops the foam from ending up in landfills, and the zippers are from YKK, which is a USA company and they are working right now to getting more of the fabric from USA. Nothing comes from China at this point, but but they they're working on getting more of the fabric from the US. And then every year they give to a nonprofit and this year it is uh, Peninsula Spay and Neuter. Yay. Yeah. So, that is a great if you mm-hmm. guys are local and if you know someone who's puppy <laughs> let me try this again if you know someone's dog who continues to have puppies and their cat continues to have kittens and they keep saying they can't afford to spay and neuter their pet we do have an awesome program on the peninsula to help Mm -hmm. with that (laughs) peninsula spay and neuter fund yes (laughs) which uh and if you buy a dog bed you will be be donating to that so and then the other thing is that they have fair wages and workmanship to their ninja sewing team so the in flexible work hours so also 
they ship to all 50, all 50 states. states. So you can buy one wherever you're at. So check them out at, at dogcrazydesigns.com. And if you have a pet, consider getting a, a Snagatti from them. Because they are amazing, you guys. I could sleep in that. <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> they, it's I like could a sleep big, in that bed. comfy bed. You could just get one for yourself. It'd be fine. <laughs> well, Brian sleeps in it during the night, mm-hmm. and the kitten sleeps <laughs> in it during the day. Yep. So they share the bed. They and love Bella each other. sleeps on your pillow. Yes. <laughs> Jessica's dog sneaks in my room the minute I wake up to sleep under my covers on my pillow. And she's a husky, so she likes to shed. So I go to bed at night, and there's always, like, little hairballs. And... But that's the f- joy of being a pet owner. Yeah. You get lots of loves and lots of fur. Mm. Yes. Lots of love and lots of fur. And bad breath. Whew. So, thank you for joining us at Ethical Quandaries, a podcast where we have a lot of questions. But no answers. And we're judging. And And we're we're judging judging you anyways. anyways. I think you should probably put some of those in there where I never say that right. (laughs) (laughs) I never get it and it has my my name (laughs) next to it. Technical support and photography by Tip Kingsley. Consultation by Med Toker. Production music by EpidemicSound.com. Editing by me, Jessica Veldstrom. If you have an ethical quandary or a comment, you can email us at ethicalquandaries at outlook.com. And check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Remember, if you enjoy the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. And check us out on Patreon. Become a patron and you get to have input into our show.